Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast, brought to you by Skull Candy and by Blue Coolers. We are live, and uh, thank you for tuning in today as we wrap up our NFL Draft Preview, the final seven picks as well either. So we're going to talk about all those teams today. Joining me again today is my dad, Dale Stover. Last episode, dad was in studio here with us at the Sports Stove. Uh, today he's back home, uh, but Dad, how you doing today? Doing good, doing good. Uh, so we are um, inside a week now, a week from yesterday, starting the NFL draft. And lots of things kicking up right now. Uh, Detroit Lions, Carolina Panthers, both uh, being reported as teams looking to move down in the draft. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders report came out today, I believe from Ian Rappaport, that said, the Raiders have done their homework on all of the quarterbacks, and uh, he said that if, if a quarterback drops past number 10, look at Las Vegas as being a team that is interested in moving up for a quarterback. Uh, so that's interesting, I would say. Dad talked about that a little bit um, when we covered the, the Raiders, that they could be a team to watch out for when it comes to quarterbacks. Um, on Tuesday, uh, we have the Sports Stove NFL Mock Draft Spectacular live at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. It's going to be streaming on the Sports Stove uh, podcast Facebook and Twitter pages. And then it's also going to be live on the Belly Up Sports YouTube channel uh, there as well. So you can catch it anywhere on there Tuesday night. Uh, the Sports Stove podcast NFL mock draft spectacular going through each and every first round pick and telling you exactly who's going to be picked where during, during that event nonetheless. Uh, and, uh, so today though, we are previewing these last few teams. We're not, not picking necessarily who is going to be there, but we are going to preview them, uh, today. And so you can be, uh, have an idea of at least what is ahead. I did say at the beginning, we are sponsored by two companies, uh, Skull Candy. And Blue Coolers, I'm putting in the comment sections right now the links for both of those companies that if you use those links, they'll know that we sent you and uh, we'd sure appreciate you using those links as well. We'll also post those in the podcast notes in the podcast version of this episode. But I want to say a couple things quick about these, these companies. Number one, Skull Candy 
they enhance your listening experience. Uh, I just got in my new Skull Candy headphones right there, uh, and uh, and helping helping enhance my listening experience. And you can do it too. They've got great products: earbuds, headphones, speakers, um, true wireless earbuds, all kinds of stuff there at a wide variety of price range for you as well. Uh, so Skull Candy, make sure you you use the link that we post. And so that they know that we sent you. And then Blue Coolers, they've been called by some the Yeti Killer. They have great uh, quality products at a more affordable price than some other companies. And uh, now's the time to get yourself a cooler. I mean, fishing season, camping season, it's outdoor seasons right now. So make sure you go to Blue Coolers, get yourself a cooler, and use the link that we have posted for you. It's, it's available on the comment section of Facebook and YouTube. And uh, then we'll have it also in the podcast notes for uh, the podcast version. Still working on getting that on the uh, Twitter comments section. Uh, there's there's a little bit of a mishap going on there right now, but we're getting that taken care of hopefully very, very soon. Actually, I'm working on getting that right now. Uh, Dad, we'll talk about the, the trade details in a moment, but we're already seeing some movement uh, before the draft with trades. Uh, do you think we're going to see a lot more movement before draft day, or do you think most of it's going to wait until draft day? I would think most of it would wait until draft day. But, um, again, when you have the possibility with so many teams wanting to trade, it makes sense to, you know, get the deals done ahead of time. And uh, so I I don't know. It's been, to me, there's been so much discussion even this week. Of course, I'm up here where the Bengals are a lot of talk about that. but. I I mean, there's going to be a lot going on next week. Um, And obviously, you know, every G with so many teams looking at trading up. um, And again, it's all going to have to do with the quarterbacks and it's all going to have to do with who goes early. But as far as having potential to get there, um, probably it'll wait till draft day, because again, I don't think we know those top eight, 10 picks, who's going to be picked. Um, and you know, you're just hearing so much stuff today, you know, Dallas, you know, there's video of Jerry Jones talking to the tight end. I mean, you know, everybody's talking, you know, it's great for sports talk, you know, to make a lot of conversation, but, um, and they always say they have no idea exactly what's going on. Um, historically too, with the Packer GMs, from what I understand, you, they get to next week, they've got everything buttoned up. They've got their list. They're ready. And again, at that time, you know, mainly they're just talking. Um, but as far as research and where they're going, everybody will be pretty much ready for Thursday. Yeah, some fun stories I've heard this week. I've been listening to lots of podcasts and trying to get ready for the mock draft spectacular and and uh, stories of GMs that had a private board that no one else saw, not even the scouts. Nobody saw until draft uh, time came. Um, we've seen other things like that as well. You know, looking at this draft, it's really intriguing. The first two picks are, are basically locked in. Uh, then it gets really interesting. And as I'm preparing for the mock draft spectacular, my biggest question marks right now are at number three with San Francisco and number five with Cincinnati. Um, San Francisco, we know we're taking a quarterback. The question is, which one are they taking? Um, I do not think, and I've said this from the, from the trade, when as soon as the trade happened, when they moved up to three, I do not think it's Mac Jones, but 
Um, I still don't know uh, who I'm going to put there, whether it be Fields or Trey Lance. Um, I just I cannot believe San Francisco would trade up to get Mac Jones. It doesn't make any sense. Then Cincinnati, you're coming, you're looking really at two spots more than likely, either Panay Sewell or Jamar Chase, and they need Panay Sewell. Uh, they need an offensive lineman, I should say. But Jamar Chase is quite the talent as well. He's an upgrade over Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati. And uh, so trying to figure out which way they're going to go is going to be interesting. And I'm still um, I'm still reaching out to all my sources trying to figure out uh, what I can learn about Cincinnati and, and who they're going to take there as well. Are there any other teams in this draft that interest you in the first round that you say, boy, they could just go anywhere? Yeah, I, I think with Cincinnati, though, um, yeah, and there was talk, a lot of talk today about if they're going to take a, a lineman, would they trade down? Would they be open? Because there was a lot of talk about Dallas wanting to get up there. How far did Dallas have to go up, um, you know, to get the tight end? Um, and they said it would make sense for Cincinnati, maybe, you know, obviously they, if they didn't drop down very far, they could get the the linemen, you know, that they need. So it, it's it's really all up in the air at this point. You know, they have the GM, they have a the player personnel guy has been interviewed. They've all hinted at different things. And, um, you know, the, the fans up here, everyone's clamoring for the, for the offensive linemen because, you know, they all remember Burroughs getting hurt. And they said, you know, he, they were, he won't be able to throw to Jamar Chase if he's in the hospital. And I mean, you had all that kind of conversation going on. So, but again, it, it makes for great talk. Um, again, I think the Atlanta pick is kind of interesting too. You know, are they going to go up or are they going to stay? Cause if they stay, I don't think they'll take a quarterback. Um, but that would change things as far as if they'll take, you know, Chase or, or Pitts. So, um, so if, if Dallas is going to go up to get Pitts, they have to go to number four. Um, cause I can't, I don't think Atlanta would pass on Pitts. Although I do have one person that's told me Jamar Chase is in play in Atlanta, um, which I think would be nuts, but, uh, I mean, not nuts, it, but they've got Julio Jones. They've got Calvin Ridley. They've got, uh, I don't forget his first name, but Gage is there also. Russell Gage, maybe. Um, they're they're talented and they're loaded there right now, but Kyle Pitts adds a new dimension, and I think it would be a great pickup for Atlanta. Um, that's interesting. The trades are going to be really, really interesting on the early part of this draft because if Denver – Denver's the one in, in play for a quarterback as far as moving up into the top five because they're close. Um, everybody else that needs a quarterback is further down. They just have to give up so much to get up there to the top. I don't think it's possible for them to do – um, so I think once you get down to Dallas, though, at 10, that's where teams can start looking to get up. So if you have a quarterback that drops, and I, and I think I think one quarterback will drop out of the top 10. Um, but, you know, I mean, these teams start moving, and they take quarterback first four picks. Atlanta won't. You're right. But if they somebody trades up into Atlanta's spot and takes a quarterback or, or trades up to Cincinnati and takes a quarterback or, or trades up to the Dolphins and takes a quarterback, that means good players are dropping down. And we've talked about that throughout the – uh, this, these preview episodes as well. I'm just geeking out. I'm ready for it, ready for the draft to get here and, uh, looking forward to it there. I'll also be, by the way, on Friday night next week, a week from tonight, 
I will be on Belly Up Fantasy Sports uh, Facebook and Twitter pages as well for a special draft show. I'll be there around 7 o'clock on Friday night for the first few picks of the second round, uh, joining the, the the crew there for a few picks. Also, a lot of things happening uh, with draft coverage through Belly Up Sports next week as well. All right, Dad, let's get into these these teams and uh, plenty to talk about with them as well. We are at pick 26, and uh, that is the Cleveland Browns. I got to make sure I don't give away my my mock draft, although I'm still changing stuff. I've been changing stuff today on it already, too. I've went through it about four times and made changes. But anyways, Cleveland Browns, they are head coached by Kevin Stefanski. Good first year for Stefanski. Alex Van Pelt, the D, the offense coordinator. Joe Woods, the defensive coordinator. No major losses. They do bring in safety John Johnson, cornerback Troy Hill, and they just recently signed Jadavion Clowney for the year as well. They've got needs at D-line linebacker and safety once you get down to this spot spot 26 and below you're definitely just looking for I think best player available but maybe even best player available in a need position depending on what your philosophy is but uh, I mean Cleveland made a big step last year Baker Mayfield played well uh, they've got a ton of talent on offense uh, stacked offensive line great receivers good tight end great running backs, um, and they've got a pretty stacked defense now, too. What are your thoughts with Cleveland? Um, well, I, I think, you know, again, they're they're really good on offense, so I think defense would be what they're looking at here. I think you were right about best player available and or even best player available with need. As we look at these picks at the end of the first round, you know, they're hard to predict. Um because, you know, we don't know who's going to be available. But as we've looked at all the different teams, everyone has two or three needs, and they're all quite a bit different. I think this might be, outside of quarterback, this might be a draft where there's not a big run, where it's it stays best player available down the line. And you've got a lineman here, you've got a cornerback here, you know, rather than there being a run. I mean, I've seen mock drafts where there's seven picks and five of them are tackles. I don't know that that will happen. Um, I think it's possible that this one could be more spread out. If that's true, then it really helps down here. There's going to be good players. Obviously, if there's a run on any position and you're looking at you know, offensive line, you're looking at edge, you're looking at cornerback, and you're looking at linebacker. Um, if, if there's a run on one of those, then it pushes everything down, um, and it pushes some good players down. Then it forces teams to take maybe something that they don't need, but it's the best player on the board because you can always use an edge rusher. You can always use a cornerback, you know, uh, those type of things. Um, and it'll depend, you know, it, it'll depend what everybody wants. Um, also, just like the quarterbacks, you know, we talk about, you know, whether it's a top four or five, and if you need a quarterback, you'll go get one. Well, these teams, I'm sure, have the quarterbacks rated. They're more interested in one. If that guy's, if Fields is picked, they may not necessarily say, well, okay, either one of the other two. Uh, and it could be that way with a lot of positions. Um, I think as we go down the line, you see different people talk about different linebackers. 
You see the cornerbacks, I've seen those ranked altogether different. There's a top four or five, but, the, you know, one of them is, oh, yeah, he's the first guy to get, and he'll be the fourth guy in another one. So um, very talented there, probably not the deepest. To me, cornerback would be the one there could be a run because there's three or four really good ones um, there. To me, edge rusher may be the one that drops down, and that'd be ideal for Cleveland here. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that uh, you know what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Offensive linemen, once you get past that top tier, now you're looking to which offensive lineman fits your style because they might be a top when you're just – just point blank ranking offensive lineman, you might have a guy three, but he doesn't fit the style for half the teams in the league. So that guy's going to be down on those teams as opposed to a guy that fits. If it's a run heavy team like Baltimore, we'll get to in a minute. Baltimore, they have a run heavy offense. And so they need a guy that can move and a guy that can, uh, can, can run block. Whereas you've got teams like Cleveland or you've got teams like New Orleans, those kinds of teams, Green Bay that are, they, it's not to say that you, you cannot run block, but but they need pass blockers. And so that can definitely change, and, and it can have people jumping up boards and people dropping down boards for sure. Cleveland, they do have Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett, but uh, Jadavion Clowney is not a long-term answer at Cleveland. So I do think they go pass rusher here, a guy on the edge, outside linebacker guy that can – in the three, four system, just get to the quarterback there, you know, cornerbacks, depending on what happens with them, you know, there's a good chance. Caleb Farley's still going to be available here from Virginia tech. Everybody says his talent is, is through the roof, but he's got major injury concerns as well. And Cleveland might be a team that can take a risk on somebody like Caleb Farley and bring him in and, and play him. But they, they, you know, inside linebackers a need Nick Bolton from Missouri is going to be around more than likely here cornerbacks like Kelvin Joseph, Asante Samuel might be around as well. Uh, edge rushers, Zayvon Collins from Tulsa, uh, Ronnie Perkins from Oklahoma, Joe Tryon from Washington, all guys that could be available there. I think they go defense. I'm with you on that uh, as well there. <clears throat> Next pick, pick number 27, is the Baltimore Ravens, and they now have two first-round picks. As they made a trade earlier today, they traded Orlando Brown, a 2021 second-round pick, and a 2022 sixth-round pick, and they get back a 2021 first, third, and fourth-round picks, as well as a 2022 fifth-round pick. I could not believe when I saw they gave up a starting tackle and a second-round pick uh, that that really blew my mind. When I first saw the trade, I thought, oh, this is going to be great for both teams. But then when I saw everything packaged in there, I thought, I think Baltimore may have gotten fleeced on this trade. Uh, what do you think about the trade with Baltimore and Kansas City? Well, again, you know, it, it was a guy that they weren't going to be able to get signed and a guy that wanted to play. I think it definitely helps uh, Kansas City. There's no doubt about that. It was a little, little interesting the way it's set up with all the different picks. Um, but again, with this draft, you know, Baltimore, they have potential to make hay with two picks in the first round. If they make those count, then, um, it, you know, it, it'll be good. And depending on who drops, you know, they may be able to replace Brown right away. Yeah, so head coach John Harbaugh, offensive coordinator Greg Roman, defensive coordinator Don Martindale. They lose Yannick Ngakwe and center Max Skura. 
They bring in Jimmy Watkins and, of course, Sammy Watkins, excuse me, and, of course, they just lost their right tackle in Orlando Brown as well. Schefter reports, Adam Schefter's reporting that they're going to sign Villanueva, the offensive tackle from Pittsburgh, but he also says no deal is in place yet, and it will not get done till after the draft. So if I'm Villanueva, I'm going, yeah, that sounds good. Um, but uh, they've got some needs. They need some wide receiver depth. They're okay at wide receiver. They desperately need some offensive line help. They could use an edge rusher and a safety. Uh, after this trade, it seems like this could be a good spot for offensive line. I mean, they'll pick again in four more picks, but... Uh, you know, you're looking at the Saints, the Packers, and the Bills, all of which could use some offensive line help as well. So it's a scary place to pass on an offensive lineman if you like a guy that's there, whether it be uh, Tevin Jenkins if he's available, Samuel Cosme from Texas uh, if he's available. You've got some Alabama offensive linemen, and Dicker or and uh, Leatherwood is available as well. Um, I mean. Where do you go with if you're Baltimore, knowing that you've got two picks pretty close here at the end of the first round? Yeah, I, I think, like you said, if they have an offensive lineman they like, then they would take him. I think one of the two picks will be offensive line. Um, and if they have a guy they really like, or again, if there's a lot of linemen left, then they might go with defense first. Um and again, you know, wide receiver, we talked about this last week. Everybody talks about the top three. Then after that, you know, there could be a lot of good wide receivers down here at the end, um, at the end of round one going into round two. And um, like I said, Baltimore, you know, th- that would benefit them too. But defense is probably where they need to go outside of offensive line. Yeah, um, you know, they're also a possible trade candidate to move up in the draft. Now that they have two first-round draft picks, if a guy like Rashawn Slater slides or Penny Sewell slides a little bit, I don't know what it takes. I don't have the chart in front of me to see what it takes to get up into the top ten, but two first-round picks could move you up, up in the draft, or it also gives you the flexibility to move back and add picks for next year, too. Um, I, I mean, I would think they're going to go offensive line here, but, uh, you know, goodness, I mean, you're going to have some good, good wide receivers available. You're going to have more than likely some pretty solid edge rusher, rushers as well. Aziz Ojalari from Georgia is a guy that I really like. Um, and again, you got the, from most people's board, Zavin Collins is the top ranked edge rusher out of Tulsa could possibly still be here as well. But you're going to have a lot of offensive linemen, I think, to choose from at this point in the draft. Um, You know, the top two will be off, maybe the top three or four. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where where it all plays out there. Uh, Baltimore will pick again on pick 31 as well. Uh, Let's move on to the New Orleans Saints. They're at pick 28. They are first year away from Drew Brees. Sean Payton comes back. Pete Carmichael Jr. and Dennis Allen are the coordinators. They lose Drew Brees, Trey Hendrickson, the edge rusher, Jared Cook, the tight end, Sheldon Rankins, defensive lineman, and Alex Anzalone, the linebacker. Really no key additions for New Orleans. Uh, they've got a lot of needs. I don't think quarterback is a need, but some people might. Uh, they've got Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Uh, they need tight end, defensive ends. Linebacker and wide receiver all needs in New Orleans. 
uh, as well. Some possible names that I've got on the board still at this point. Uh, Pat Freyermuth, the tight end. Um, let's see here. Aziz Ajuleri, I already talked about in Georgia. Ronnie Perkins and Joe Tryon, both defensive ends or rush uh, edge rushers. They're available as well. Let's start with the question of the day when it comes to New Orleans. Taysom Hill, is he an NFL starting quarterback? Um, no, I mean, I think they can have a system where he can be successful. Uh, he's definitely not a guy who can go anywhere um, there. Again, this draft, even after you get past the top quarterbacks, there are several good quarterbacks you know, that could be developed. Um, and New Orleans could be definitely in the market for that in the second or third round, probably not in the first. Um, but there are some good guys there, some people that would have potential. Yeah, I, I don't know that he'll um, – that'd be very surprising if he ends up being a top-flight um, quarterback. As far as knowing the system, as far as working a system around him, you know, Peyton may be able to do that. Um, but, um, you know, we'll have to see. And again, you know, I don't know there's much left on the free agent market, but you know, when you're looking about that and trades, you would think they're going to go get somebody. Well, I mean, they could bring back Teddy Bridgewater more than likely if they wanted to. I think Jameis Winston will do just fine. Um, Taysom Hill though, you know, people keep on trying to say, oh, he's going to compete for it. There's no way Taysom Hill can be a legit starting quarterback in the NFL. He has to fill in a few games, sure, but if he is the guy, I just don't see how that turns out well for New Orleans. Um, but, you know, being Packer fans like we are, Green Bay really liked Taysom Hill, and I don't think Green Bay would have ever used Taysom Hill the way New Orleans did. They liked him as a quarterback. They saw the potential in him there. They wanted to put him on the practice squad. They couldn't keep him on the active roster, and New Orleans picked him up off of, uh, uh, well, off of waivers once Green Bay had to cut him at the end there of his rookie season or rookie preseason. So, um, you know, there's, there's got to be some obviously potential there, but to me, he found his niche and they just need to stick with that and move, move forward with it. Um, what direction does New Orleans go then? I, I, I think you're right. There's, I don't think they go quarterback in the first round. If they have a sixth quarterback going first round, I will be shocked. Everyone's saying the Stanford kid is moving up boards, but he's just not a first round talent. Um, and the Saints have other needs as well. Do you think they go offense or defense? Um, I, I would think if they stay where they're at, which I believe they probably would, they should be a classic best player available, whether it's offense or defense. Uh, and there should be a good player there. Um, again, they may have a choice. If they have a choice, I would think probably defense. Um, but again, best player available. We talked about the wide receivers. Um, it makes sense for New Orleans to just go on their board and, and, and go where they're at. Yeah, I think wide receiver is a big watch here with New Orleans. Um, they don't have, they've got some guys there, but not great depth at wide receiver. And I think this is a legit spot for, uh, the second tight end to come off the board also, depending on how they view him. Uh, I'm not sure that that would happen though. Nonetheless, I think the Saints go offense. I think that's where the most value is going to be at this point, but we'll see come draft day. That brings us to pick 29, the Green Bay Packers. You are a minority owner of the Green Bay Packers, so you probably already know what's happening. But Matt LaFleur, the head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator, Joe Barry, 
a brand new defensive coordinator in Green Bay this year. They lose Corey Lindsley and Lane Taylor off the offensive line. Not really a whole lot of other losses. No real big key additions at this point either in Green Bay. They have needs. Most people will tell you at wide receiver. I think you and I both like the wide receivers that Green Bay has. But if you got a legit star, sure, why not? Uh, inside our interior offensive line is a need. Uh, losing Lane Taylor. Um, of course, right tackle might be more of a need than inside. But anyways, uh, inside linebacker and cornerback are all needs here for Green Bay. I mean, to me, you're looking at if you get the top-ranked center in the draft, uh, most people have that as um, the Alabama offensive lineman. Um, you know, if you can get him, if you can get a top-tier cornerback, if there's someone somebody drops that you really like, this seems like the most logical thing for Green Bay to do at this point. Is Green Bay going to stay at 29, or are they going to move up or out of the first round? I think they'll do everything they can to move up. Um, a lot of teams will be that way, but Goody's got the history on that. Um, again, it'll depend on their board and how they have people rated. But I would think once you get past the 12th or 13th pick, I don't know if a Green Bay can get up that high. Um, probably more in the, in the top 20s is where they can get. But I think once you get past the 12th, 15th pick, if somebody's dropping they want, they're really going to be working um, to be able to go up. Um, and I would think that would be for a cornerback or a linebacker. It'd be, it'd be defense would be where they're looking there. Um, maybe offensive line, but like you said, there's some other people available there. I don't know if you would give up a lot to go up and do that. The Packers do like several teams. They have a lot of picks. They have two fourth rounders, two fifth rounders and two sixth rounders. Um, so they can package some things there. Um, again, if they had the player they really like, they have a history. You know, they give up a second round pick or a third round pick. Um, and again, you know, again, they need a linebacker. There's no question. Even though the young guys, I think, can develop uh, and do well. And of course, you have a new defensive coordinator. But when you look at cornerback, if you had a guy on the other side from Jair that was good, really, yeah. really good, they'd be set, and that that helps the rest of your defense quite a bit because they're they're strong at safety, um, and you'd have the back back covered pretty well. So I could see him going up after a cornerback, depending on how they have the linebackers ranked. Um, that would be true. Obviously, a Parsons slid, and they could get to him. Um, but we, we don't think that can happen. Um, so I think they'll try to go up. I don't know that they'll be able to. Because, um, again, as good players slide, I think teams are going to be more hesitant, um, you know, to make moves and to go back down. Um, I th- And I think if Green Bay stays where they're at, best player available very easily could be, I think, either a defensive lineman, which would make a big difference with Clark, or to everyone's to everyone's glee, wide receiver. Uh, yeah. Wide receiver drops, that could be the best player on their board uh, at that point. 
And Aaron Rodgers can make any of them good, whether they're, you know, inside, outside, speed, tall, short, you know, well, boy, you can't have a short wide receiver. We did have a guy named Randall Cobb for a while and uh, worked out pretty good. So uh, it'll be, I think they'll try to move up for a specific player or two. And if not, then I think, I think best player available is going to fit their needs. Yeah, they, you know, there's some interesting guys because when you're in this part of the the draft in the first round, your your board could look a lot different than other people's boards. I like Elijah Molden. He's a cornerback out of Washington. Um, I like where where he is, and he could be a guy here. Again, I think offensive line. I mean, you know, Landon Dickerson's the center at Alabama. He's been injured, but he was doing cartwheels just a couple weeks ago. Looked all right from there. Um, of course, the story would be Quinn Minerts. He's the guard from Wisconsin Whitewater that had the ridiculously awesome senior bowl and uh, can kind of play multiple positions, uh, center or guards, basically. And uh, that would be the story as being at Wisconsin Whitewater. But nonetheless, lots of options. And once you get down here, like I said, there's, these are guys that you're looking at and you go, oh, I didn't see them in the first round. Well, you're basically in the second round at this point. So, so, so there's yeah. going to be, you're going to take guys that make the most sense for you if you stay here. You know what would be interesting? And I don't know they could get up high enough, but if one of those top three receivers falls, um, you know, they start getting the trade up for the quarterbacks and things like that. And all of a sudden either Waddle or, or Smith is sitting there at pick 13, 14, somewhere in that range. Uh, they might jump up. That'd be an interesting trade to see, but that's hopeful thinking from a Green Bay fan. Although I really like our receivers, uh, where they are. Uh, let's move on to Buffalo. They're at pick 30. They made massive improvements last year under Sean McDermott, the head coach, Brian Dayball, the offensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, defensive coordinator. No major losses or additions. They do have some needs on offensive line, both interior and, uh, outside and on at the tackle position and cornerback is a need for them as well. Again, best player available is 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 going to be the mantra at this point in the draft. But uh, I think Buffalo looks offensive line here, but they're just going to look at a way to improve their team and whatever's available for them here. That's where they're going. Um, you believe in the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Buffalo is in really good shape. I think offensive offensive line makes sense for them. Uh, again, they're they're good enough and deep enough right now. They can go best player available. Any of these teams down here might move up just one or two spots to get, you know, especially if they need an offensive lineman and that guy's there. And uh, because, again, like you mentioned a little bit ago, you got Green Bay, you got New Orleans, you've got people who easily could take offensive linemen, Baltimore, so if you get the guy you want, they could jump up there. Um, but um, I, you know, they probably stay where they're at, and it could be offensive line, or they could get real defensive help. I've seen several people say cornerback, um, and it just depends who's there. Yeah, and that's where the needs appear to be. But also an interesting idea here at thirty-one is running back. Now they took Zach Moss last year. They've got Devin Singletary as well. And so it would be kind of strange for him to go running back here as well. But if you got the top running back on the board, if you've got a guy like a Travis Etienne that you're really sold on, a guy like Najee Harris, if you're really sold on him, or Williams from North Carolina, any of those three, I mean, it's something you have to think about. Etienne is a guy that's growing on me. I liked him in college. 
the more I looked at his stats and things, I thought, boy, this this kid is talented. And uh, Dabo Sweeney came out this week and compared him uh, to Walter Payton. And I know at first the thought is, oh, well, Dabo Sweeney, of course, he's going to say that. But if you remember back when Deshaun Watson came out, uh, he's Dabo Sweeney compared him to Michael Jordan. And to be honest with you, hey, you know, not far off. Deshaun Watson's a phenomenal quarterback, and he hasn't just called all of his players uh, spectacular things, but he he spoke glowingly of Travis Etienne's abilities, um, all around abilities at running back. So Buffalo, I think there there's a legitimate shot for a running back here because that's an area that could improve the team uh, there as well. And if you can learn to say, hey, I made a pick a year or two years ago, and it's not working out, we need to go ahead and move on. That makes you smarter, um, and no matter what else happens there as well. Uh, pick 31 is now the Baltimore Ravens. Kansas City Chiefs were there. Um, let's talk about Kansas City real quick. They're going to trade out, and they've got their offensive line pretty much in shape now as they cut their two starting tackles. They bring in Joe Thune from uh, New England, and now they get Orlando Brown Jr. as well. They did lose Sammy Watkins, which that means I think uh, Nicole Hardman is going to be a lot more dynamic this year as well. They've got needs on the O-line to some degree still. Defensive side of the ball is probably a bigger need for Kansas City with interior linebacker and uh, defensive end as well. But they don't have a first-round pick anymore. That brings Baltimore up. So if Baltimore goes offensive line in the first pick, I think this pick is ideally set up for them to go receiver, the best receiver they like that's on the board still. Um, so going back to their first pick and this pick, what do you think would be the best ideal situation for Baltimore to come out of these two picks with as far uh, as position groups? Yeah, I, I, I think, again, if they could come up with an offensive lineman in the first one, uh, that would help. And then, yeah, you're right. Wide receiver could be, but again, they're looking at defensive help too. And it just depends. I, you know, it just depends how they've got them on their board. Um, from there, you know, safety, everyone you knows about the one safety, but there's going to be a couple others that are good that can help. And, um, you know, like I said, there, you know, we're about to the end of the first round and there's going to be some good players that, aren't going to be picked in the first round. They won't last long in the second, but, um, you know, Baltimore has, you don't want to, you got two picks and they're late in the first round. You want to make them both count. Yeah. And you might see a team that's looking to move up and get a running back or a team that's looking to move up and get an offensive lineman or a team that's looking to get up and maybe get a quarterback. I really don't think we're having six quarterbacks in the first round. Um, but, uh, you're seeing these kinds of things now where teams might be looking to move up to these picks to snag someone that's left there. And you're talking about moving into the top three picks of the second round. You're more than willing to do that at this point. I think if you're Baltimore, but yeah, I think if they get a, an offensive lineman, and then a, a playmaker, whether that be a receiver, a cornerback, a rusher, something something that's a playmaker. Last year they got Patrick Queen, the linebacker that I still say Green Bay should have drafted, uh, but nonetheless they didn't. Patrick Queen go to Baltimore, so they're pretty solid right there. They got LJ F- uh, Foot or Fort uh, there at middle linebacker as well, so they're pretty well set there. But edge rusher, you know, there's a good chance that they could go edge rusher here. With this pick as well. That brings us to the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're running it back. They're bringing everybody back pretty much. Bruce Arians, 
Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, the coaches, no major losses, no major additions at this point. They have re-signed almost everybody back. Uh, very talented. So I think there's not a whole lot here for Tampa Bay to do to improve immediately for this year, but uh, things that can solidify, I guess, the future a little bit um, at O-line, um, outside linebacker, defensive end are all options here for Tampa. But, uh, I mean, if Tampa comes away with something at 32 that improves the team this year, I mean, that's obviously a win for Tampa, right? It is. It is. Uh, two things here could be with Tampa. One, they could be like you just talked about with Baltimore dropping down. Yeah. Um, they might could drop down and get something here. And, you know, you, you've got a couple teams that are early on in the second round that might say, oh, you know, I need to get that player um, there. Of course, Jacksonville has the first pick. Um, but then you got the Jets, you got several teams that might want to jump ahead of there, uh, especially because you figure the teams that take quarterbacks first, what are they going to take next? Well, yeah. probably offensive line or wide receiver, and they're probably going to be looking at the same player a lot. And Tampa might be set. Um, I think Tampa's a team also, you talked about running back. That that would make some sense there. Um you know, because um, they're going to need something for the future, and you need several running backs. Um, I, I could see a running back going there if they stay with that pick. But to me, that would make sense. They pick up a couple more picks, you know, second, third round. They're not going to hurt themselves by letting this one go. Yeah, I mean, running back makes sense to us, I would say. But you've got Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones. They just signed Giovanni Bernard uh, from Cincinnati as well. I'd be very surprised if they go running back here. Wide receiver is a huge option for them. At the moment, uh, Antonio Brown is pretty much the only guy that's not re-signed in Tampa. So they've got Evans and Godwin. They've got Scotty Miller. Um, you know, Those are their main three guys at the moment. So wide receiver, a big playmaker. One of these guys that's available is definitely an option here as well. Um, but I think at this point, it's, you know, obviously we've already talked about it. it's best player available in Tampa if they don't trade down or if they don't trade up, if there's somebody else they like to trade up, there's just not any glaring holes right now uh, for them. And I'm not sure that, you know, uh, again, I don't think there's a quarterback that's worthy of pick 32 uh, and Tampa's quarterback of the future, at least at this point. Three teams without first-round draft picks. Well, four now with the Chiefs, but the other three, let's start off with the Los Angeles Rams. They have the number 58 overall pick. That's 25th in the second round is their first pick of the draft. They lose safety John Johnson, cornerback Troy Hill, tight end Gerald Everett, quarterback Jared Goff, and defensive lineman Michael Brockers. Of course, they made the big trade and bring in Matt Stafford, which I think is a phenomenal move for the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I've got three names that are good, or excuse me, two names that are good gets here for the Rams at pick, uh, 58 overall, Eric Stokes, the cornerback from Georgia and Chaz Surratt, the linebacker from North Carolina are guys that will, will, or should be available around that time frame for the Rams. I mean, Matt Stafford makes the Rams contenders immediately, doesn't he? Yes, I think he does. And again, What's going to help Matt Stafford? I think offensive line. 
I think often depending again who's available here, but everyone keeps saying, you know, there's going to be good offensive linemen in the second and third round. That's what they're telling Cincinnati up here. You know, hey, you can wait on that. Well, the Rams, it seemed like that would make sense um, to go offensive line if, you know, again, it depends on 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 who's there. But they're down there a ways, so I'm not sure, you know, how far people are going to slide. And there will be quality um, offensive line, I think, at that point. But like I said, you know, same way with linebacker, uh, same way, you know, you're getting to your second tier, linebackers and cornerbacks. So um, they need to come away with a good player, but I do think they've helped herself. Yeah, they've got some big holes. Defensive end is a massive hole for them right now. Uh, let's see here. I'm looking at their, their depth chart right now. I would say linebacker is pretty weak for them as well. Of course, they got Jalen Ramsey at cornerback, but they're, they're not great outside of him. Safeties are eh, average to below average. Uh, offensive line, they've got a couple of good ones, but some definitely some questionable spots there as well. But they're solid when it comes to quarterback, running back, wide receiver. I don't know if you knew this or not, but they signed Deshaun Jackson in the offseason. So they've got Cooper Cup. Robert Woods and Deshaun, ja- Deshaun Jackson as their three top wide receivers uh, to go with Tyler Higby at tight end. Matthew Stafford has some some talent to work with, and they made it pretty deep last year, unexpectedly, if you ask me at least, uh, in the playoffs as well. So a big upgrade at quarterback uh, Stafford over golf for sure. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, they pick the 56th overall, 24th, 23rd. In the second round, somewhere in that range, uh, Pete Carroll, Shane Waldron, Ken Norton Jr., the coaches, they lose cornerback Shaquille Griffin to Jacksonville. They bring in tight end Gerald Everett and guard Gabe Jackson. That was a big get for them. They got him from Las Vegas. They've got needs at running back, defensive end, outside linebacker, cornerback, uh, all big needs. If any of those top three running backs are available at number 24 in the second round, I'll be a little surprised. But that'd be a great get for them. Uh, again, cornerback is a huge need in Seattle right now as well. Um, the Seahawks, I called it last year. I'm proud to say it. I didn't get everything right last year, but I said Seattle's going the wrong direction. And, uh, and ever since the fail Mary, I've been cheering for the wrong direction for Seattle for, for, for a while now. Thoughts on the Seahawks coming into the, the draft this year? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think Seattle is headed in the wrong direction. Uh, they do need a running back. You're right about that. Um, again, if I remember right, Russell Wilson talked a lot about needing help, and I think that was on the offensive line. Um, there, you know, he, he, he has taken a lot of punishment. Again, you know, um, I don't think you think that Russell Wilson is going to move um again that would be an interesting one as we get close to the draft um if if that did that would change a lot of things but um you know i i don't think that's probably the situation uh even though they could move up to get one of the top tier quarterbacks potentially um with trading him but i don't think i i wouldn't think that would happen 
No, I don't think so. They've been pretty set that they're not getting rid of him. He wanted not just help. He wanted to help get help. He wanted to be involved in the decision-making, and they said no to him. Then he wanted out, and that didn't happen. They've got some really good players still. They're not near as good as they used to be, especially on defense. Carlos Dunlap, uh, there on defense, is still a good rusher on the edge. Puna Ford, a D-tackle. Uh, Bobby Wagner, middle linebacker, still there as well. They got Jamal Adams, the safety, who's very good. Quandre Diggs is pretty decent. Trey Flowers is really good cornerback as well. Offensively, they got a decent offensive line. Dwayne Brown, um, Gabe Jackson, Brandon Shell are all okay. Uh, Phil Haynes and Ethan Pokic. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure to say that. Uh, they're on the interior of the line. Then you got Russell Wilson at quarterback, DK Metcalf, Taylor, Tyler Lockett at wide receivers, pretty good too. But, um, you know, they're a team that needs to get better. And I don't know if they have the, the, the draft capital to move up very much in this draft. And so it'll be really interesting to see, but they're a pretty smart, uh, drafting team. They seem to do pretty good in the draft and, um, should come out with something that helps them. They need to find someone at pick 56 that helps them this year because they don't have the luxury of being a rebuild team. Houston Texans, what an interesting team they are. New head coach, David Coley, offensive coordinator, Tim Kelly, and defensive coordinator, former head coach, Lovey Smith, uh, there in Houston. They lose Will Fuller. They lose their center, Nick Martin. They trade Bernard Kinney, uh, McKinney, excuse me, an, uh, an uh, outside linebacker, rusher. They bring in Desmond King at safety, Shaq Lawson at linebacker, Marcus Cannon at offensive tackle. Of course, right now, uh, their starting quarterback, I believe, is, uh, um, the guy that was in, uh, Los Angeles and punctured his lung. Tyrod Taylor, uh, I believe is their starting quarterback right now. Um, with Deshaun Watson, no one knows exactly what's going to happen with him. They've got needs literally everywhere. <laughs> they, they lose JJ Watt this year. They let him, let him go. Um, they, you know, they had a horrible trade last year to send out DeAndre Hopkins. Boy, they just got, they've got holes everywhere. Wide receiver is a massive need for them. Offensive line, tight end, linebacker, cornerback, and they don't pick till the third round. The third pick in the third round picks 67. Overall, guys like maybe Tutu Atwell could be available. Creed Humphrey, Oklahoma Center. Hunter Long, the tight end from Boston College. Or Chris Rumpf, the outside linebacker from Duke, might all be there in the third round. I mean, Houston, we don't know the guys in the third round. What's Houston going to do in this draft? Yeah, I mean, you're right. They've got holes everywhere. Um it's kind of like when we started the first week, you know, a lot of GMs, you need good football players. And Houston's not going to rebuild with starting in the third round, but they just need to get guys that can contribute, guys that in a couple years or solid football players, and whoever they pick will have a chance, obviously, to play some this year. And, it, you know, with with Deshaun Watson, that's really the big question mark uh, up in the air. If they lose him, I mean, they're really, 
actually really in trouble. Um, they get him back, you know, and then that would probably affect the draft. But you're right. They need wide receivers. They need they need people everywhere. Yeah, they really do. Houston is one of those teams that is just I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, exactly where they're at and everything. It's it's I mean, they've been put in a horrible spot, but new GM, new head coach, um, and a lot of question marks for Houston. So that wraps up really the uh, NFL uh, preview here for this podcast. We went through every single first round pick. We looked at at least a little bit of every single team as well and got a chance to preview exactly what's going on uh, for each team. And, and then coming out Tuesday, live on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern time, the sports stove NFL mock draft spectacular is going to be live on Facebook and Twitter on the sports stove podcast pages and on the belly up sports YouTube page as well. Uh, we will be there live to look at the mock draft, giving you um, our predictions for the NFL draft coming up the first round uh, draft. I have, I've made multiple changes multiple times and uh, working towards that, doing a lot of research on that to give you a good program on Tuesday. So make sure you join us there. That mock draft spectacular is presented by skull candy and belly up sports. And we're looking forward to that. And this podcast today, this episode is brought to you by skull candy and blue coolers. And we have the links available for you in the comment sections as well as they will be available in the podcast notes here to come as well. So we'll be back on Tuesday, uh, big sports weekend. If you're watching us live, UFC 261 is tomorrow night. Uh, Usman versus Masvidal. Usman is going to take that one very easily. Uh, but uh, it's going to be fun to see the, uh, an interesting sports weekend here. NBA playoffs are coming up. Baseball season's in full swing. A lot of stuff happening, but nothing more excited than the NFL draft. So we'll be covering that on Sunday, or excuse me, on Tuesday uh, there as well. So looking forward to that. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove. <laughs>